You are a seeker of better health, change, clarity. You yearn to feel peaceful, fulfilled, vibrantly healthy. You can feel lost in the chaos, the busyness, the feeling that there's just something missing from life. You are ready for a change. Welcome to Moondance Wellness Coaching. I'm your host and coach, Angela Kiddock. I've been on a journey through disease and health that's led me to find deeper meaning and greater fulfillment in life. Taking an expanded view of the word health, let's examine our personal growth, spirituality, our emotions and stress, exploring what it means to embody wellness in today's world. Who are you feeling angry with right now? In this episode, we'll learn to break the cycle of disconnection and division that tears at our personal and worldly relationships by bypassing otherness and tapping into an empowering empathy. Hmm, plenty of options for who you might be feeling angry with right now as we continue making our way through this intense year. And maybe it's not a person at all, maybe it's a system, or a group of systems, or a group of people, or a pandemic, or a whole way of being. We are definitely facing big, complicated issues right now, and the accompanying emotions can be confusing. In the last episode, we took things down to a super tangible level by looking at the dynamics of a one-to-one relationship. I shared about the challenges that my husband and I face living in our very different experiences of the world as a police officer and a personal growth coach. You can check out the last episode, One Healed Relationship at a Time, if you missed it. In this way, we can look at the smaller microcosm as a way to help us understand the larger macrocosm. Meaning, we can look at a singular one-to-one relationship that exists in our personal life as a way to better understand the similar dynamics of the polarized us-versus-them large group issues we've come to be so familiar with in our world today. Or simply put, we must master the small stuff before we can master the big stuff. This living being is exactly like me. So let's return to that idea of who we're angry with right now. But let's start to drop our awareness down from the big, hairy, complicated situations of the larger world down to the smaller, itty-bitty dynamics of your immediate life. Who is one singular person in your personal world you are feeling angry with? frustrated with, irritated with, maybe it's your spouse, but they're never irritating though, right? Ha ha. Or maybe it's a boss or a coworker or a friend or a sibling or a significant other. Take a moment to identify this singular individual and hold them in your mind's eye. Now, with this person in mind, Repeat this to yourself while you breathe deeply in and out. This living being is exactly like me. The most important thing for him or her is happiness and avoiding suffering. 
recognizing this, I understand something very important, very intimate about others. We are indeed interconnected. This is a meditation from Buddhist nun Thubtin Chodron, who implores us as human beings to train our hearts and minds to view other beings, even or perhaps especially those we don't like, in this way. How does the person in your mind's eye transform when you apply this belief to them? Go back and do it again, and again, and maybe just one more time. And don't forget to breathe deeply. This living being is exactly like me. The most important thing for him or her is happiness and avoiding suffering. Recognizing this, I understand something very important, very intimate about others. We are indeed interconnected. Okay, now that you're back, can you allow yourself to believe Chodron's idea that this living being is exactly like me? that we are all trying to seek happiness and avoid suffering, that we are indeed interconnected? It's not easy work, but this is the beginning of opening our heart just enough that the idea of holding space for empathy can even become a possibility. The working definition of empathy that Brene Brown references in her book, I Thought It Was Just Me, is this. The ability to perceive a situation from the other person's perspective. We can get so wrapped up in our own perspectives, our own stories, our own feelings, that we forget that the other person also has a unique perspective, a story, and feelings. When we get totally wrapped up in our side of the story, we cut ourselves off from our ability to use empathy. We cut ourselves off from our ability to see the other perspective and to see, hear, and feel the unique world of the other. Breaking the cycle. It's much easier to blame the one who has angered or irritated us, to shame them for the perhaps quite unskillful way they acted. We assume this will bring on new and improved behaviors the next time around. We assume that our anger is justified in, hmm, how do you say, ripping someone a new one. Oh, I so, so have. I once wrote a scathing review to a volunteer organization I was involved with because I didn't feel like we were actually doing enough to change the world. I mean, how dare they? But interestingly enough, human emotion researcher Brene Brown also tells us that shame is actually not a good motivator for change. She says, along with many other shame researchers, I've come to the conclusion that shame is much more likely to be the source of destructive behaviors than it is to be the solution. It is human nature to want to feel affirmed and valued. When we experience shame, we feel disconnected and desperate for belonging and recognition. It's when we feel shame or the fear of shame that we are more likely to engage in self-destructive behaviors, to attack or humiliate others, 
or to stay quiet when we see someone who needs our help. She continues, In a culture of shame, we are constantly overwhelmed with feelings of fear, blame, and disconnection. This creates an us-and-them world. There are people like us, and then there are those people. And we normally work very hard to insulate ourselves from those people. Oof. So, it can be a dangerous game to use shame. Shame used in a singular one-to-one relationship, multiplied exponentially by the number of people in the world. Yep, you get yourself a pretty divided us-versus-them world. Instead of allowing our anger to lead to the shaming behaviors that lead to disconnection, destruction, and division, we need to create a new cycle. We need to break that cycle by inserting the practice of empathy. So the new cycle looks like anger leads to empathy, leads to healing, togetherness, and wholeness. Fighting otherness. When a personal relationship is locked into that feeling of us versus them, or a me versus you battle, what that relationship needs is not to fight against each other, but to fight against a sense of otherness. We can think of otherness as the feeling that any being is separate from me and therefore undeserving of my empathy or understanding. What that relationship needs, with needs being more sophisticated than wants, isn't a sense of otherness and separation, but healing, togetherness, and wholeness. Exactly what our collective society desperately needs right now, too. Healing, togetherness, wholeness. But we can't make room for healing and wholeness in an us-versus-them mentality. So, using Robert Augustus Masters' words from his book, Bringing Your Shadow Out of the Dark, as our inspiration, try this second exercise for fighting against the feeling of otherness. He says, think of those you felt especially disgusted by, and imagine taking this disgust so far that these reviled others no longer feel like people to you, but only humanoid objects, polluting you and your kin, your culture, your nation. Stay with this feeling for a while, witnessing it up close. Then, breath by breath, start opening your heart to any aspects of yourself you feel disgusted by, bringing these into the depths of your being one at a time. As we stay with this practice and learn to apply empathy towards the aspects of ourselves we perhaps don't like, perhaps have relegated to a dark corner of our consciousness, perhaps were once shamed for ourselves, we make space for being able to offer empathy to the aspects of others that we don't like. In this way, as Masters continues, we humanize them and keep humanizing them, practice developing empathy for them, until their otherness shifts into an expanded, more diverse sense of us-ness. Then how you and they differ won't make enough of a difference to exclude them from the circle of your being. 
empathy, or our ability to perceive a situation from another's perspective and see, hear, feel their unique world is our antidote to otherness, the feeling that any being is separate from me and undeserving of my understanding. Empathy is our healing remedy to the cycle of disconnection, destruction, and division that tears at our personal and worldly relationships. As Brown says, empathy is really just about fully engaging with someone and wanting to understand. And luckily, empathy isn't something we must be born with. It's a skill we can all learn. Changing the world. There are two ways to change the world. The top-down approach that involves big systemic change, these are the more sweeping and dramatic changes, often at the level of legislation. And the bottom-up approach, that begins with the individual. This may take longer, but is the only truly sustainable and guaranteed change, because it is change at the level of our hearts and minds. When you choose to begin relating to people in this new and expanded way, Infusing your thoughts and actions with empathy, you too are leading a revolution. This is what we need right now. Brave individuals who can reach out across the uncomfortable divides and extend understanding. We need those who can shift a closed fist into an open palm and turn a pained heart into a compassionate one. For real change and healing, we need lots of real people having real conversations with real open hearts and real open minds. Remember that change comes in many packages. A divisive stance that supports an us-versus-them storyline is just the unfortunate example we've seen over and over in our world. But it's played out. Division, you're over. That was so last year and the last 700 years. 2020 is definitely a year of changes, and it can be about starting over in a fresh, new way. This can be an exciting time that feels good with the promise of a new world on the horizon. So let's decide to do better than those before us. Let's start engaging that empathy muscle and put that healing, togetherness, and wholeness into action. Let's bravely work for cohesion, the act of forming a united whole. We are indeed interconnected. Sometimes we just forget that we're spiritual beings having a human experience. Sometimes we forget that everyone is exactly where they're meant to be on their path of growth and healing. Sometimes we forget that everyone is doing the best they can with the information and tools they have at the time. But imagine a world where every individual feels uplifted, encouraged, and valued. Where instead of shaming and disconnecting, we speak words of empathy, understanding, love, and compassion. Where every single person feels like a valued and contributing member of society connected to their sense of belonging. Where we no longer ache to right our wrongs by the maxim of an eye for an eye, but instead choose to live by the truth, I see you. 
Here's to throwing out the stale templates of division. Here's to reaching out across the divides with open hearts and open minds. Here's to cohesion, the act of forming a united whole, and to the once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to build a new world together. Did you celebrate the full moon over the weekend while you were gazing up at the sky, looking at the 4th of July fireworks? Did you notice that big, beautiful moon gazing down upon you? A full moon is energetically a time for celebrating, for expressing gratitude for the things that have come to fruition in your life. It's also an important time to let go of what no longer serves you. It's a great time for releasing and purging the energies, beliefs, habits, emotions, people, places, or things that you've outgrown. A couple times throughout the year, I like to offer a full moon workshops where we do some cool rituals that help us with this act of releasing. But in these times of social distancing, I want to empower you to learn to do your own ritual of releasing. It's awesome if we can align this practice with the full moon, doing our ritual of releasing within a couple days of the full moon or on the very night of the full moon. But this is the sort of practice that is useful for literally any time, just getting into the habit of now and then checking in with what it's time for you to let go of. For the rest of this week, the moon up in the sky will still look fairly full. So go outside on some night and practice this full moon releasing ritual. Three easy steps. One, go outside into the fresh air and allow yourself a few moments to breathe deeply and feel peaceful. Visualize a bright golden light washing over you and cleansing your body, mind, heart, and soul of all negative energy. Second step, use a piece of scratch paper to then write down everything you're choosing to release low energies, old habits, limiting beliefs, people, places, things that are no longer serving you or that you've outgrown. And the last step is the fun part. Burn it. So burn that list that you've just written and imagine and feel all of those things you wrote down leaving your life as they're carried away into the ether. When we let things go, We are clearing space for something new to emerge in its place. After completing your full moon clearing ritual, you can read this affirmation aloud or quietly to yourself to remind yourself of all the space you've created. Full moon releasing affirmation. I now release what no longer serves me. I let it go from my heart, my thoughts, my soul, and my spirit. I remember that my biggest challenges are my greatest teachers, and I choose to let go of the negativity surrounding what I am releasing. I choose to forgive the person or situation that I am releasing, and I thank them for teaching me a lesson I needed to experience in order for my spirit to evolve. I choose instead to create the space for that which does serve me, for joy, for abundance, for new possibilities that maybe right now I can't even predict. 
but I am allowing myself to be open and ready by signaling to the universe or God or higher power or divine energy that I have done my part through this personal inner clearing. By letting go, I create space and I choose to fill myself up with gratitude for the things in my life that do serve me. The people, places, things, energies, beliefs, and habits that support me on my journey to becoming the truest, most authentic manifestation of me. So tonight or sometime this week, get outside, do your ritual of releasing, clear some space, and allow your next chapter to begin to emerge. For more info on personal growth and wellness coaching, visit moondancecoaching.com. Set up your free intro call or find an upcoming class or event. 